one of the final four. Um, when Michael first told me to speak on Malachi, I was like, okay, that's fine, yeah. Well, you've been reading them, and these final four, have they been a challenge to read for you guys? Yeah, right? They are a little bit of a challenge, but you know what's good about that is it made me dig a little bit deeper into what God's Word has to say about these final four books. Uh, But you know, I'm going to talk to you tonight a little bit about some tough things, and I think that this generation has had things watered down to them. Um, I think even maybe in our generation as well. Um, It's tough things, but it's things that can make us better. So I want you to be prepared, because I may just take you down here, but I'm going to bring you right back up here, okay? But I'm going to go through what I feel like the book of Malachi has been saying, or has said to me anyway. And... I researched this a whole lot, as I told you, because I knew really nothing about this book. Um, I think I pulled out one verse about tithing back in the day when I did something for offering, but that's about all I had dug into this book. But, you know, Malachi means messenger. Um, So this whole book is a message to God's people, and it's also a message to their leaders. So tonight, the stuff that I'm talking about... It needs to be in all of our lives. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to us. I'm talking to the leaders that are sitting out there. It's not just for you guys. A little history. The temple, which is a lot in the Old Testament, was the place of worship at the time. And the whole um, of Jerusalem would go meet there to worship. And at that time, it had been or it had been destroyed before that time. And at this point, it had been rebuilt. But the temple had been rebuilt. But the people's lives were in ruins. And that is what this messenger, Malachi, is saying. That you may have rebuilt the temple, but you guys are a mess, basically. Um, But how many of us can feel that way? Like, we come to church. We have our Bible on our phones, mostly. We put a smile on our face, yet our hearts are broken. We're far away from God. We've wandered. We're here because our parents asked us to come. We're not living as we should And we just give God what's left over because everything else has our attention and everything else has our energy, which brings me to my first point, and that is character. We've talked about this. We had a reputation series before, but character is who you are when no one else is around but God. And I think this is something that we always struggle with, all of us at all times. And in the book of Malachi, he's talking a lot about basically the non-existent character of these people, that they turn their back on God. But in Malachi 1-2, he says, I have always loved you, says the Lord. And that's just how God is, because when he's about to correct something in our lives, he just reminds us that, hey, you know what? I love you. Nothing is going to change that. I love you. But then you go down to 1, 12, and 13. But you dishonor my name with your actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord. And you turn up your noses at my commands, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Think of it, animals that are stolen, crippled, and sick are being presented for offerings. Should I accept these offerings? Should such offerings as these? Ask the Lord. You see, remember back in these times, this is before Jesus had entered the earth. Back in this time, well, Christians of the time, the Jews of the time, they would bring an offering 
which would have been an animal at that time, but the animal had to be completely without any blemish. It couldn't be sick, it couldn't be lame, it couldn't be anything. It had to be perfectly perfect. But these people were bringing just their leftovers. They weren't bringing their best for God. So I'm asking you, in the same way, what are you bringing here? And what are you bringing to Jesus? Are you bringing all that you've got? Are you saying it's too hard to serve him? So I'll live one way in church, but I'm going to do my own thing when I walk out the door. Or when I even hit the door. Or when I'm even in here. You know, many of you know I was raised within the church. I'm the pastor's kid. So I've been around here for a while. And I've talked about some of this season before in my life, but um, I'm going to talk a little bit about it again. And, you know, I've had a lot of seasons in my life where I've walked away from the Lord within my heart, I would say. But this was an actual physical walking away from the church, and, um, but still acting like I was in the church. Um, I was around probably 21, 22 years old. Uh, and I started party a little bit. I got into the party scene. I was really depressed. I had been hurt by some leaders in my life that were not doing the right thing, but in the same way, I didn't respond the right way either. You know, I was in majorly into the party scene for a while there, and I started a party, but then I come to church on a Sunday, be a part of the worship team even, and even when I was doing those things, I remember God's voice inside of my head like, why? Why? I would sit in those places And I could hear him saying, why, Rachel? When I've called you to so much more, and you know that I've called you to so much more, why? And I would just push it off like it was my own thoughts inside of me. But I know without a shadow of doubt that it was him and that he was after my character. And he was after me to do the right things because he had a plan and a purpose for my life that I didn't even realize. He wanted me to be all that I am created to be. And in those moments when I was doing everything that was dishonoring to him and knowing it was dishonoring to him, even in my heart, doing it because of that, he was after me. And my character was being ruined. You know, I remember being in a nightclub one night and it was towards the end of this experience. It was about a few months of this going on. Sorry, I've been sick. I need And I was sitting there, and I saw a girl that I knew from youth group back in the day. And I wasn't even really doing anything that night, just hanging out with friends. And I saw this girl that used to go to my youth group. She was nice. She came up to me. She talked to me. And then um, the next thing I knew, one of the members of my church was meeting with my dad, telling him that I was in a nightclub, wasted, talking to this girl. And I hadn't had a liquor drink that night. And it didn't matter. My dad already knew. I had already told him the things that I was doing. But you see, I wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong that night. But what does make the difference is the reputation it left me. The people I was hanging out with. Was I making a difference in their life or were they making a difference in my life? In that moment, all that girl saw me as was two-faced. And maybe ruined any chance of her coming back to the Lord. I don't know where she's at right now. It would be interesting to know. Um, But we have to be careful with our character. And I'm not saying it's wrong to go and hang out with people. And I'm not saying it's wrong to even be in those places necessarily. But make sure you know that you know 
that you know that you are representing Jesus in every place you go because people are watching you. They're watching you and they know that you've proclaimed Jesus over your life. So they're watching everything you do. And that's not to put an expectation on you that you can't reach, but that's to challenge you to be all that God has created you to be. And that's a challenge to not stay in your pit. We're not called to stay in our mess. We're called to come out of the mess and we're called to be a light. And it doesn't mean that God's not going to meet us there, but sometimes we've just got to make a move towards it. And we have to make a move to be close to him. In James 4, 8, it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So what does that mean? Come close to God, right? We always stand up here and we tell you, you need to be close to God. You need to to pray. You need to read your Bible. You need to do that. And what does that mean? And all I can say it, think that we overcomplicate this way too much. Prayer is just a conversation between you and God. And you know what? You may not hear from him, but he hears you. And eventually, once you start talking to him and sitting and listening, you'll start to hear things in your mind that you think, him? Yes, it probably is, unless it's a lie. Unless it's something Jesus would not say to you, it may be him. You know, I was talking to Josh a little bit about um, they're doing a battlefield of the mind kind of thing up in junior high, and he asked me what I thought about the battlefield of the mind. And I said, what I feel the battlefield of the mind is, it's God's voice, others' voices, and our own voice. And it's trying to determine which one that we're going to listen to. And that's what prayer is. It's the time to reach out and ask God what he thinks about our life. To thank him that you're here. To thank him that you have an opportunity to live for him. To tell him how you feel. To confess the stuff that you've done. To tell him when you're mad at him. He can handle it. To ask him to help you to become the best version of you and not to stay where we're at. You know, sometimes all you just need to say is Jesus. And he will fill you with an inexplicable peace in your life just by saying his name. Because sometimes that's all we can say in the midst of some of the life stuff that we go through. The Bible. I think we overcomplicate this too. Just read it. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Find the gospel. That is when Jesus was here on earth. Find out how he lived and see how much he loved people. See how people followed after him. Research the gospels starting out. Read the Psalms. Read a proverb a day that will take you through the month. Start small. Start living out the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. Character. That's character. Who we are when no one is around. Be loving and kind when you don't want to. Have patience with people. Choose to do good and not just go with the crowd. Be faithful to his plan and not your own. Be gentle with your family, even when you don't want to be. Be joyful. Don't be miserable. People don't want to be around miserable people. Be joyful. 
Strive for peace in every relationship in your life and have the self-control to say no to the pressure of your peers. Listen, I'm standing up here 20 some years from where you were at, okay? Any of the peers that were in my life trying to influence me in the wrong way, do you know where they are right now? Maybe on my Facebook friend list, I don't know. But they're not around me. They're not those people I go to at 3 a.m. and say, hey, I need you. They're not my three, we call them 3 a.m. friends or drawbridge friends. They're not those people anymore. It doesn't matter what they think. You say no and you have self-control to do what is right. It's character. Does this mean it won't be hard when you say yes to all that Jesus has for you and you strive for character in your life? No, it's going to be really hard, especially in the generation we're in. Following Jesus does not exempt us from pain, which leads to my next point. There's pain in the process, usually. There's always pain that comes when we're being molded and shaped into who we're supposed to be. And in this generation, it's harder and harder and harder to serve Jesus. But it's so worth it. The process is all preparation for what he has for you in the future. You see, the word preparation, which I've talked about before, it means the process of being made. The things that we go through are making us into who we're meant to be in the future. They're preparing us for what's next. They're preparing us for the next season or maybe even for three seasons from now. But whatever we're going through is preparing us for the next things and how we're going to be used by God to help others with what we're going through now. You know, back in ancient times, which is probably biblical time. You're killing it, Rachel. Sorry. I'm drying here. Oh, I just spit that out. Sorry. Um, you know, in ancient times, when gold was being purified, it had to be heated up so hot that it was liquid. They would heat it up, and all the impurities would raise to the top. And then they'd scrape those off. And then more, wanted more impurities. They wanted to purify the gold even more. They would heat it up even more. And then they would bring that to the top and they would scrape it off. It's the same in our life. When the heat is turned up, we start to see some of the junk in our life. And then God can deal with it. When we're honest with ourselves and we look back and we, we say, okay, yeah, I'm going through this and this is what I'm struggling with. When the heat is turned up, what would rise to the top in your life? Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe you've gotten caught up in the party scene also, outside of here. Maybe it is the double life. Maybe it is insecurity. Maybe it is jealousy. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's attention seeking. Maybe it's a bad relationship. And it talks about this in Malachi. Malachi 3, 2 through 3. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. In 1 Peter 1.7, it also says, So be truly glad. 
There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. He wants to refine you. When you feel the heat of life in your life, he just wants to refine you. He wants you to be all that he has created you to be. And if I have to say that over and over in every message that I ever preach, that's what he wants from you. He wants you to be the best version of yourself. So some of that crap that's in your life has to come out. It has to be turned up a little bit in your life. He has to be turned up a little bit in your life so we can see what's going on. So he can deal with what's going on in your life. Whatever it is he wants to deal with, will it be overnight? No. And some things God has to help us over and over and over, and it may be a struggle for a long time. But the difference is that we don't throw our hands up and say, this is just who I am. We consistently strive to be who he has us be, the best version of us. Refuse to wade in your mess. Some of us make a bed in our mess, and we lay in it for way too long. We get comfortable in it. Some of you may feel like you're too far in, too far gone, but God says in Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord, and I do not change. And as I read through this book, you know, it, it, it's a setup really for the New Testament. Malachi is addressing the heart of the people, the decline of character, but he's setting us up for hope. So I may talk about to you tonight about some of the things that you may be dealing with in your life, some of the crud that you're dealing with in your life, but I'm setting you up for hope. And the New Testament is all about hope, which is the next book of the Bible, is Matthew, the hope. Which leads to my third and final point, hope. Malachi 4.2 But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free leaping with joy like calves led to the pasture. Malachi talks about Jesus coming to earth with healing in his wings. For everything we go through, the pain through the process, the ultimate goal is always healing. He wants to heal you so you can go out and help others who are going through a similar thing that that you are. You know, Michael and others in my life make fun of me because I watch a show called The Incredible Dr. Paul. Anybody? Thank you. Um, So we're going to show you who Dr. Paul is, okay? I think they have a little clippy. The world needs saving. You need a man who takes no bull. Dr. Pole is back, using his veterinarian superpowers to keep the animals of the world healthy and happy. <laughs> the incredible Dr. Pole returns for a new season, Saturday, January 5th at 9, only on Nat Geo Wild. The doctor is in. Okay, National Geographic, it's okay. Now listen, Dr. Pole is 75. 
and he's still putting his arm up those cows' rears, okay? But this show intrigues me, okay? I've watched so many seasons, and when I was sick yesterday, I'd like to say that I was hours of prayer in this message, but I was watching Dr. Paul because I couldn't do anything. But let me tell you something about Dr. Paul. Okay, he's obviously a vet, and he deals with any animal you bring to him. He'll take anything. He deals a lot, though, with cows. And a lot of these episodes are on farms where they're trying to rally up these cows so that he can either help them deliver the calf that they can't get out, or they've got an abscess on their leg, or they just need to be not boys anymore. And so he has to rally them in, okay? And put boundaries around them. So they're trying, these farmers and Dr. Paul, 75 people, trying to rally these cows into these areas where they're blocked in or into these runs where they can snap them in, do what they need to do, and then let them loose. But every time, you think the cows want to do that? No. They're kicking. They throw them into the fence. He's been thrown into that fence so many times. I don't know how he's still living at all. He's been hit in the face with these cows. They don't want the boundaries. They don't want to be put into those boundaries. They kick and they scream. But if they would just allow him to do it, he's trying to help them. He's trying to heal them. How often are we like those cows where God's trying to put boundaries in our lives? He's trying to help us have more character in our life. And we're kicking and we're screaming and we're saying, no, I don't want to do that. I've been called to this and I want to go do this. And he's saying, no, right now I need you right here. I need you right here so I can heal you. I can make you whole. And then I'm going to let you go. Because when he's done with that (laughs) that show, he'll say, let him go. And they run out to the pasture. Just like this verse says. But for you who fear my name... The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. He wants to come, and he wants to put these things in our lives, such as the fruits of the Spirit, character, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, The building of character that helps us endure the pain and gives us an unwavering hope. You know, Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we feel things are on hold when really he's just holding you. Sometimes we think we need to be further on than we need to be, but he's saying, no, right now I need you to be here. I need you. I need to mold you. I need to create you into what I have for you in the future. Because I believe with my whole heart Just as I sat Wednesday nights after Wednesday nights after Wednesday nights, my whole junior high and high school years, 
where I sat and listened to my youth pastor pour destiny into each and every one of us. And I sat there and thought I could never, ever, ever do what he was saying. The days when I told him I would never get on a stage to do anything. And that God would use that to give me a voice to speak to you tonight. That he would give me this platform to tell you what he told me all those years ago is that you have destiny on your life. Each and every one of you. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're enduring right now. There is a hope and a future for you. For he knows the plans he has for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you hope and give you a future. And if just one person hears that tonight, that's enough. But I'm praying that you all get that inside of you. That there's something inside of you that only you can do. And that he's asking you for character. He's asking you to shape that up now so he can use you later. To go against the great, to go against the crowd. It's not popular to have character these days. It's not. It's popular to have that secret finsta, whatever it is. To secret block people on Snapchat so you can't see what you're really doing. It's popular to have a different Facebook page. It's popular to have a different Instagram. I just said that, didn't I? Finsta. Right? It's popular to do that. It's popular not to be authentic. It's popular to filter. It's unpopular to be who you are. But guess what? That's who he's made you to be. So just be it. Because those people you think care now, 10 years from now, you may not ever see them. Each and every one of you. And you know, I'm going to have you all stand because I want to pray over you before we go to small groups. And I want everyone to close their eyes just out of respect for those around you and to cut out any distractions. And you know what? If that is you tonight, you're like, Rachel, you know what? That's me. I'm having a hard time being who God has created me to be. I'm having a hard time not going along with the crowd. I'm having a hard time with character. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand right now? Because I want to pray for you specifically. If that's you. And it's okay. Be authentic. Father, I thank you for those people that can raise their hand and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going through some junk right now. I want the Lord's character in my life. I want that love, joy, and peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, joy. God, I pray that over their life, God. I pray as they are maybe even starting this journey out tonight, that they would speak to somebody, God, that can set them out on the right path tonight, Lord God. And I pray that you would be there by their side, God. When they're just shouting out Jesus at night, God, that you would give them a peace that they can't understand, God. When they don't have the words to say to you, God, that you would be there by their side knowing that they have a hope because they heard tonight that you are their hope. And God, I pray for each and every one of them as they set out on this journey, God, that you would be with them, you would guide them, you would put the right people in their path, and that they would be all that you have created them to be. In your name I pray, amen.